1: Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast. On the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Stiles. That's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-A-S. You can follow the show on Twitter at L-O Thunder Pod. Email the show, lo at gmail.com. Call into the show, 405-362-7128. On today's show... Brought to you by BuiltBar. Go to builtbar.com. Use promo code LockedOn. Get twenty percent off your next order. We're gonna dive into the thrilling win over the Milwaukee Bucks. The Oklahoma City Thunder get their fourth win on the new hardwood in Oklahoma City on this snowy, chilly day. Week, however long this will take, make sure you're staying safe. Make sure you're staying off the roads as much as you can. Make sure you're you're. Dogs and pets and everyone is inside. Do not go out there snow and Snowmageddon. And trust me, a softball fight, baseball fight, what am I trying to say? Snowball fight is not worth it. To Go outside. Stay inside. Get around the fire if you can. Watch a movie. Maybe watch Breakfast Club. Watch something on TV, Seinfeld. Relax. Listen to the podcast. You have plenty of episodes of Locked on Thunder to catch up on. I mean, this is an everyday podcast. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. So in this game, going with the game overview, Shea Gildas-Alexander was once again out in this game due to the knee injury. And the update we have here is no update. Mark says that it's still not overly serious. SGA is still going through his pregame routines with little restrictions. And Oklahoma City is just being extra precautious. And we addressed this before, but once again, this is not a move that has anything to do with winning games or, or going game to game or checking the matchups. It's all about the knee. The knee is a scary, scary thing. And you do not want to mess with it. If there's any sort of discomfort in the knee, you want to make sure that your franchise player, again, SGA at worst is going to be your number two player. The next time you're a championship level team, that's at worst. He could be your very best player. The next time you're a championship, competitive championship, contending level team. Anything with his knee, I want to make sure it's 100% before he gets put back out there. We saw the very sad situation with Anthony Davis on Sunday, where he's dealing with that Achilles soreness that kept him out of the last two games against Oklahoma City. Last week, he goes on Sunday, he plays, and then he has an injury. Now, how severe will it be on that Achilles? We don't know that quite yet. We'll find out more throughout Monday afternoon. But I want to be as precautious as possible with SGA, and the Thunder are doing that. Now, what hurt the Thunder was that they didn't have Tail Maldon either. He's still in the health and safety protocols. George Hill is also out for a month with the thumb injury. The Bucks did not have Drew Holiday, who's also out with the health and safety protocols. Coming into this game, the Milwaukee Bucks had lost two straight games. The Thunder had lost three straight games. Milwaukee is closing out the sixth game on this road trip. They've been on the road six straight games. That is really tough to deal with. Now, the starters in this game were interesting. For the Bucks. it was... Forbes and Dante DiVincenzo and Lopez and Middleton and Giannis for the Thunder though, they made a key adjustment and they did not have how Diallo in the starting group. They only started with Dort, Jackson, Williams, Baisley, Horford. And that was a key adjustment because Justin Jackson went absolutely insane. And Diallo had his first bad game in quite a long time. But in this game, the bucks got out to a 10 to three start and the Bucks come into this game. They have one of the best offenses in the NBA. They're trying to bounce back after a couple losses. And when they go out 10-3 and the Thunder cannot hit a shot to save their life, Kenny Hustle has all three points, a jump shot, and a split free throw attempt, a split free free throw pair. Mark Dagnuckles a timeout before five minutes even passed by in this game. And the Thunder go on a 14-0 run after that stoppage. And I think that that's very important because it's, it's showing how much he understands his team. Some coaches in that spot, let it play out. They trust their guys. They know it's a, it's a cold spell. And when you do that, it can go one of two ways. It can correct itself on its own or more than likely with a team like this, you know, young players that have not been in this spot before and are facing adversity, it can snowball on them. It, it can become overwhelming and it can compound the problem. Mark knew to reset everybody It reset the offense and the thunder were able to go on that run. But in this game, Al Horford was incredible. Justin Jackson was incredible. Darius Baisley was incredible. You even got some good Darius Miller action. So you can really start to break down this game with the fact of how scrappy the Thunder are. The Thunder are scrappier than a junkyard because they're able to make these comebacks. They're able to keep the pressure on, keep applying the pressure. We've seen them do it both ways. We've seen them come out, grow 19-point leads, and never look back into the fourth quarter where they fall apart. We've seen them battle back, for, you know, from getting down 10 points or down 20 points or down 22 points against Chicago. We've seen it all from this team. And the only constant, right, the only constant in this equation is the fact that they're going to fight to the end and be scrappy. And they're going to eventually make a run. They have more runs than, them than Usain Bolt at the Olympics. They, they are incredible at that aspect of the game. Now, in this game, the Thunder put together a complete game. It was their first complete game of this season, considering you don't have Shea. Without Shea, you had to make the first half you know, comeback where you come back from the 10-3 run that Milwaukee started on. You then grew a double-digit lead and once again saw that lead evacuate in the third quarter, and you finished that frame tied in the third. And that kind of feeling of, oh, here we go again, another double-digit blown lead, another time in which on this road trip and on this you know little mini run here in February where we get up by 10 points and we load it fall, fall away and lose another game in the clutch time. Heading into the fourth quarter, the game was tied, but Darius Baisley steps up. Justin Jackson hits the dagger late in the clock. You saw this team battle back twice in this game and have a lead of their own. So they finally completed that circle of, of battling and winning. And we can talk about the tank real quick. It's kind of beating a dead horse at this point, but this team is not too good to tank. I mean, they're the second worst team in the Western Conference heading into today. They're right where we always said they're going to be. If you've listened to the show in the preseason, I've always said this team is going to be competitive. They're going to be competitive more often than not. And whenever you are a young, scrappy, competitive team, that's built on guys who are trying to get better. And you cannot project exactly how big of a leap each individual will take heading into the year. You're going to have games where you steal a game or two and the ball bounces your way. Now you're going to have games where the ball doesn't bounce your way, but you're going to have more games than not that do go your way when they shouldn't like on paper, the Thunder should not beat the Bucs. That's not, that's not anything bad about either side. It's just that on paper, looking at each individual on each roster, the Bucs are more talented. But tonight, the Thunder were able to have the ball bounce their way because that they fight so hard, because they treat every possession as if it's the NBA playoffs, because they play with such intensity that most NBA teams will not match until that third quarter, until that fourth quarter. And by that time, sometimes it's too late. And by that time, sometimes you still get the ball to fall your way even over the your intensity as the Bucks did tonight. You saw Giannis get way more aggressive going into that third quarter, fourth quarter. You saw him get out in transition more. I mean, he had 17 rebounds. It felt like they all came in the second half. Of course they didn't, but it felt like all 17 came in that second half. He had 10 assists as well, 24 points. Giannis was good, but Al Horford was even better defending Giannis than, than we've seen in quite some time, especially this season, defending Giannis. But for the tanking aspect of it, could this end up being the Mike Muscala shot. Remember in the bubble, if Muscala does not hit that buzzer beater in the seeding games, the Thunder retain their pick and do not convey it to the 76ers. Could this end up being that Justin Jackson shot be this season's bubble shot? Who knows? I've maintained all along that the difference between this team and the next seed, both improving and being worse than, is going to be a couple games. you are going to be a couple games out of, say, seed 13, And seed 15. You're going to be a couple games shy of either side. So, yes, it could tilt the difference. So could the Diallo play from last game. All these things are going to add up. We just do not know how they're going to add up. Look, it could benefit you in the the pro tanking side. What if you get the lottery night and pick number seven, leaps up, they take that 4.6% chance and they leap up to the top overall pick. What if that happens? And you finish seventh because of this shot by Justin Jackson, instead of finishing sixth. If you finish a half game out of sixth place, you know, that, that could very well happen. We don't know how it's going to pan out tanking wise. And for this team individually, they needed this win, And that was more important tonight. That was more important for this young group. Cause you do not want to lose this locker room. You do not want to lose these young players playing so hard. So We'll see where the ping-pongs fall, quite literally. You have very little control over it. And we don't know yet if this is a good or bad thing. It's not like the NFL. It's not like the MLB, where we know that whatever the standings say, that's who gets top pick. We don't know that. So you could lose all those games to be number one and then drop out of the top spot just because the ping-pong balls are a cruel reality. So in, in the grand scheme of things, after dropping games by blowing 10-point leads, 19-point leads this past week, to have this young team get rewarded and not blow a 10-point lead and not lose a 10-point lead and lose the game out of it, it can be more beneficial in the long run. As we talked about on Saturday, you know, how much longer can a young team like this deal with that loss and deal with blowing these leads before they eventually get their spirits broken and to keep those spirits high and to keep these young players playing well, and we'll talk about it in a second, but... There are way more positives than negatives to take away from this. And, in fact, we, we just don't know the negatives until lottery night happens. But first, I want to tell you about our good friends over at BetOnline.ag. Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sport action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing. Bet Online has you covered with even, even award shows, TV shows, reality TV, real-time updated odds, props on almost anything you can imagine, BetOnline has you covered for all the news and scores and odds. It's the best way and the best place to place your bets. It's free to sign up. Head on over to the website or use their mobile device app. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag. You receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportbook experts. Again, promo code locked on, betonline.ag, and you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on that first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportbook experts.
0: Part of the Locked On Podcast
1: Network, your team every day. We are back on Locked On Thunder, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I want to tell you about our good friends over at Locked On Today, the best podcast out there, not named Locked On Thunder. Get on over there to get all the sport news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast host, Peter Bukowski is the daily host of Locked On Today, breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sport news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcast from. Peter does a great job. It's truly informative, truly, really good. I've mentioned it before, but in the midst of the NBA season, I'm just watching so much NBA content, consuming so much NBA content. I can lose track of what the NFL is doing in their offseason. I can lose track of college basketball ahead of March Madness. I can lose track of all these other sports that I genuinely want to want to keep up with and I and I really enjoy in my free time, but I just do not have it. So using these 20 minutes to start my day off drinking coffee and listening to Peter Bukowski break down the biggest storylines is so great for me. So head on over there, subscribe, locked on today, wherever you get your podcast from, including the radio.com app. So I want to dive now into this game as a whole because we've talked about the generalization of it. Again, the Thunder fighting hard and what this means for the tank. It means nothing right now, but it could mean something in a couple of months. Who knows? We've talked about what it took for this team to win this game and the factors entering this game, but what happened inside the game and inside the game, you got the best version of Darius Baisley that we've seen this season. He goes for 18 points. He hauls in five rebounds lower than what he typically does, but that's no big deal. Five rebounds is still really good. Three assists, Two steals, including an amazing job playing the passing lanes to give the Thunder a huge boost on a fast break dunk in the second half, or, or right before the right before halftime. Darius Baisley also shot the ball efficiently. It's a beautiful thing. He shot sixty one percent from the floor, which has to be his season high in a single game. I would imagine he has not been efficient this year, and it's been something that has been missing from his game, and something that. Everyone who's watched this guy play the last two years knows he has. He has efficiency. He can be a very efficient player. But for whatever reason this year, it has just not gone his way. So it was his second most efficient night. He goes 61% from the floor tonight. And then against Orlando in January against the Magic, Baisley shot 70% from the floor. So his second most efficient night this season came against the Milwaukee Bucks. And he was more efficient than he had been before before even without Shea, which you would imagine impacts the, his ability to be efficient. So basically gave you his best performance, 18 points. The rebounding numbers, again, a little low for him, but nonetheless, in this game, he also was matched up at times with Brooke Lopez, and, and he did a really good job on Lopez. After you saw him struggle last week against Montrose Harrell and, and him having to play a small ball five position, it worked to his advantage against Brooke Lopez. Baisley was awesome and he provided that spark for you and he was even showing you emotions, which Baisley oftentimes seems to like to do the whole too cool for school thing. Like he wants to act like he's been there before. He's just cut from that old cloth of, I want to set the example and I want to act like nothing I'm doing is out of the ordinary for me. And he does a good job of remaining in check that way. But even in this game, down the stretch, he's flexing, he's screaming, he's getting excited, and and that is giving everyone on this team energy to see a guy like Baisley, who's usually so cool and calm and collected, to see him start getting excited and to see him start coming out of himself emotionally, that is a big boost for your teammates. And in this game, Baisley in the fourth quarter single-handedly got you an eight-point lead with six minutes to go. He won you this game. He won you this game. Darius Baisley showed flashes again in this one of why in the bubble I said his nickname is Building Block Baisley because he is a part of the of the foundation that whatever this team becomes is going to be built on. It's going to be built on Baisley and what he can turn into. Obviously, in the pecking order, Shea is number one, but Baisley's going to be a, a key impact player. If this team gets to where they want to go, if this team is going to contend at the level they want to contend to, Baisley is going to show up and do so. And you saw that tonight, where in the clutch, in the fourth quarter, late in the fourth quarter, a spot that the Thunder have struggled in for a week, a spot that the Thunder have, has been the root cause of them losing three straight games. Baisley steps up. You need someone to step up, and someone always does, on this Thunder team. And tonight, it was Darius Baisley. And so this guy has been dealt a poor hand and he's been bashed on this year. And I've always said, wait and see, just wait for him to turn it around. This is not who he is. And I hope that this is the outbreak that he needs moving forward. He had a really strong road trip the last time they were on the road. And now he can put together a, another strong string here to where he can start boosting up these averages and boosting up uh, the kind of player he wants to be because the season averages are not where we expected them to be 25 games in, but it can still turn around for him. And I think that this is a good step forward and you're seeing him not have that huge defensive assignment, which is allowing him to play more of that offensive role a little bit. I I hope that when Shea comes back, that he does not go to that old role of sitting in the corner. I think that that's not really for him and not really what he should be doing. I want to see him get more involved in the two man game with Shea. I want to see him cut more. I want to see him play on ball more. I'm hoping He can still do that whenever Shea returns. That's something to watch for moving forward. But in this game, Baisley shows you why he can be counted in as a building block. But also Al Horford was incredible. Al Horford should be on a contending team this year. At the deadline, a contending team, if you could just plop a player on a team, like realistically, of course you can't just plop LeBron anywhere, but if you could just plop a player that could be had at the deadline on a team, you would want Al Horford. You would want Al Horford on this team. He shows you that he can expose Giannis and Giannis and this Bucks team at times has shown you why they're not any better than they were last year. They're not going to be this turnaround playoff story. It's a miracle that Giannis has committed to Milwaukee because they have the same flaws in this game. When the Thunder were able to make it a half court game, as it will be in the playoffs, the Bucs sputtered. The Bucs did not get out in transition very much until the third quarter. Now in the third quarter, when they did get in transition, they were able to make that comeback But outside of that third quarter, whenever they had to play Giannis straight up in the the half-court set, they moved Al Horford onto Giannis, and Al Horford gave Giannis room to shoot. Therefore, Giannis cannot take him off the dribble. And Al Horford is big enough and and defensively skilled enough to maintain Giannis if Giannis is trying to drive on him. So if you can give Giannis room to shoot and Al Horford no longer has to worry about getting taken off the dribble, then Al Horford can be a legitimate Giannis stopper for a team in the playoffs when there's less transition and there's less room to run. The the problem with that is, and why, even despite this amazing eight-game stretch that he's on, Al Horford is on a heck of an eight-game tear entering tonight. So since returning from the birth of his child, Al Horford, these last eight games entering tonight, averaged 18.4 points, 6.9 rebounds, 4.4 assists, 1.9 steals, 1.1 blocks, on 47% shooting from the floor, 50% from beyond the arc. And then he gives you this game tonight where he is electric defensively against Giannis and where he still pours in without Shea, 20 points, and he's a facilitator of the offense with nine assists and grabs seven rebounds and shoots 50% from the floor. The numbers dip beyond the arc a bit tonight, two for seven. But still, Al Horford contributes in a huge way, and it was a plus 10, and I know single game plus minus, yada, 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 but Al Horford is on a tear right now. And the only hiccup to this, the only hiccup to wanting to put him on a contending team is his contract. And and I think that he can play well enough to warrant this contract. I think that you're seeing right now that what happened last year in Philadelphia was only because of the poor roster construction for his skill set in Philadelphia. That was it. It was a Philadelphia problem. It was a Brett Brown problem. It was a Sixers problem. It was not now Horford problem. And the only reason why you probably won't see a team take a chance on it with a deadline, even though he can help improve so many teams, including Boston, is his contract and matching salaries in season is really hard compared to the offseason. Now, Boston, I believe, has a huge trade exception to where maybe they can pull it off. But outside of Boston, it's very hard to match money on a deal that would work for both sides. So that's why you won't see him in a lot of trade discussions, I don't think. But if he keeps playing like this, it's going to be hard for Boston to, take, to pass that up. As Boston's on a skid right now, I mean, they have came crashing back down to earth. Three of, I mean, 13 and 12 right now. They just had an embarrassing loss to Washington. They need something to work for them. And again, that trade exception for them is $28.5 million in that Gordon Hayward trade player exception. They could pull it off. But again, outside of them, who's going to get the job done? So Al Horford was amazing. Darius Baisley was the best that we've seen him play this year. We still need to talk about, though, Diallo and Justin Jackson and Kenny Hustle, is Lou Dort back from beyond the arc, and so much more. But first, I want to tell you about our good friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is a phenomenal protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LACTON. You're going to get 20% off. Your next order. That's right. 20% off your next order at billboard.com. They have six brand new flavors. caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry, barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. They are soft and easy to chew with hundred percent real chocolate on the outside. They are great for the conscious person to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, great for the keto diet, try them out today by going to builtbar.com and using promo code locked on. You will get 20% off your next order. Promo code locked on, 20% off your next order. My personal favorite is the banana nut bread option. So try them out today at builtbar.com. Use that promo code locked on, get 20% off your next order.
0: No matter what moves you made last year, I'm going to tell you about Locked On
1: NBA on Mondays. Listen to Locked On NBA with Josh Lloyd, host of our wildly popular Locked On Fantasy Basketball podcast that takes you here from around the NBA. The major headlines with the help of our local experts. Subscribe to Locked On NBA podcast today, wherever you get your podcast from, as he takes you all around the association on Locked On NBA. And I want to talk now about Justin Jackson, who won this game with that dagger three-pointer off balance at the end of the shot clock. He throws it up there and it goes in. He's four for four from beyond the arc. He's 50% from the floor. He's efficient. It's something that Mavericks fans never thought would happen, but Justin Jackson's efficient this year and he scores the 22 points. He gets the three rebounds. He gets the five assists. I don't really care about the individual box score for Justin Jackson. We talked about this Saturday. Look, someone has to score with SGA out. Someone has to score with Tail out out. His role is improved. He's an NBA player. Therefore, the points will improve. What I care about is how he's getting to those points. What I care about is how he looks doing this. And even in a retracted role, he can still do what he's doing right now. It just will not result in 20 points Will result in 12 points, which is still going to be valuable for the bench unit. What I love about Justin Jackson is that his mid-range game has been such improved throughout his time in the NBA. And now you're seeing it peak at this level of which you're seeing defenses react to it. They're not letting him go to the lane and trusting their anchor, the defense, to pick him up. They're literally respecting the heck out of his mid-range shot, and they're coming off of guys like Al Horford. Al Horford, who is, in the last eight games, shooting 40% from beyond the arc. Al Horford is getting left in the corner, the easiest three-point shot in basketball, because of Justin Jackson driving to the elbow at times in this game. That is how much his mid-range shot opens the floor, which is something that a lot of people never thought would happen for Justin Jackson. And it's taken a couple more years, but it's happened in Oklahoma city. What does this mean for the future of the thunder? Who knows, but for the immediate future in terms of this season, if you can get that kind of production off the bench in a 12 point capacity, that unlocks a lot for the secondary scoring and for the secondary group, whenever SGA returns. Now, with Justin Jackson, I also love his mid-range game because it opens up the two-man game, the pick-and-pops he can run because he's a pretty efficient ball handler for his size and position. He's an above-average ball handler where he can run that two-man game, and it's something that Al Horford's excellent in. Al Horford can run the two-man game with anyone in the NBA. I'm convinced of it. I'm convinced that Al Horford is just so elite at being a pick-and-pop, pick-and-roll guy that he can do it with anyone in the NBA, and he can do it with Justin Jackson. It is, it is amazing to watch Al Horford play basketball. But Justin Jackson in this game got to his spots very well. He played under control. You saw him when he first got in the game this this early part of the season, right? His season debut and a couple games after his season debut, Justin Jackson's. You saw him just pressing and just jacking up shots like he's Alexei Pukashevsky whenever he's touched the basketball. But as he's settled down and as he's realized, hey, there's no pressure. I don't have to earn anything. I'm literally one of the only options on this team right now. Whenever he gets that confidence of, I know I'm getting minutes no matter what I do. No matter what I do, I have to get minutes because we only have you know eight players, nine players. And one of them is Darius Miller, who can only play 10 minutes a night as he's rehabbing from that Achilles injury. When Justin Jackson is, is confident in knowing he's going to get minutes, he plays extremely well and he plays comfortable and he doesn't press. And when he doesn't press, he's a good little basketball player. I think that Justin Jackson, if everything went right for him, he would be a bench player, like a 11th man in the NBA. So I, I don't want to take these back-to-back 20-point-per-game performances and act like they're going to mean something just so deep and, and, and amazing for this team in a year from now. But when you're a team that's in this rebuilding phase, these are the kind of things you can hold on to. I mean, the, the, this Justin Jackson run, if it extends a couple more games here, you're in Yogi Ferrell territory. Remember Yogi Ferrell whenever he lit it up in Dallas? And you're, you're in that kind of territory of, okay, when we look back on this era we look back on this retooling era, we always will have that hot Justin Jackson stretch. We'll always have these certain little things that, that keep us around. But for Jackson, heck of a night. And I'm I'm happy for him because I've just been able to follow his career from Dallas, you know, Sacramento, Dallas, and now to Oklahoma City. And I've seen the kind of stuff that people have said about him. I mean, I, I put out a quote from him at Media Day. At Media Day, I put out a direct quote from Justin Jackson, added no commentary whatsoever. And Justin Jackson says he wants to be a floor spacer and Mavs fans find the tweet and just wreak havoc on it. I mean, they just tear him apart. And so I, I'm rooting for Justin Jackson. But again, I don't want to you know, blow smoke right now to any listener or listening and act like he's going to be this next great thing for the Thunder. But it's good to see him have some success here. He deserves it. He's a hard worker. All that fun stuff. Now, in this game, Diallo had his first bad game in a long, long time. I mean, his, his first bad game since the first two weeks of the season. But he was bad. And you can say he was bad. He goes three for 16, 18% from the floor. Now he did take a three-point shot and no three-point shot's good for him. But still, he shot way too many mid-range jump shots. He got to the rim and got way too aggressive in going to the rim. I don't know what it was. I don't know if he's trying to prove something after he, got, after he got quote-unquote benched and sent back to that bench roll. But he only scored six points in this game and it took him 16 shots to do it. He only scored six points in this game and it took him 16 shots to do it. That's insane. That's not who we're used to seeing these last two months, and I don't think that this negates all the good he did those last two months. I don't. I don't think that this negates January and February Diallo. and he still makes contributions in this game. I mean, pulling down thirteen rebounds, seven of which ended defensive possessions, was massive. Fishing out three assists is huge. Getting that steal. And only having the one turnover is a big deal. The Thunder, as a team, only had 13 turnovers. That's a big deal. But the shooting and the the constant mid-range shot and contested layups, that was old Hamadou Diallo. That was the old Diallo. And he's not going to turn back into a pumpkin. I, I firmly believe everything I've said about him, that, that he has turned the corner, that he's going to be a part of this rotation for the future, that he's going to be a, a solid sixth man, seventh man in the NBA. But tonight was a bad night. It was a bad night for him, and he'll learn from it, I hope, and he'll move on from it. I think that maybe he got in his own head about not being in that starting five group, and that's what caused tonight. We'll see what happens on Tuesday. And then I want to end it off with Lou Dort. There's so much more to talk about, but somehow we've already talked for 30 minutes. With Lou Dort, he's had a tough stretch from beyond the arc, and then tonight he comes back and goes three for eight and launches himself up to 37% from beyond the arc in this game. Once again, as I've said before, I do not believe that he's a 40% three-point shooter. I do not believe he's a 18% three-point shooter, which he was in that cold stretch. If he can get to 35, 36, 37, that just does so much wonders for his game. And tonight he pours in 19 points on top of being a stellar defender. Gets the, gets the two steals, plays really good defense uh, and mans up players. Yeah, Dort was good. Dort deserves a ton of praise which if you want to hear more about Dort, we talked about this on Stockwatch. You'll go back and listen to Friday's episode where we talked all about Dort shooting. Now with Roby, Roby played really good minutes in this one and he got back on track after kind of falling under the radar this last week or two. 17 minutes in this one. He only shoots three times, but he does grab you seven rebounds and he gets two assists, one steal. He does his job and he got into some trouble defending Giannis a bit. And I, I was pleasantly surprised with the defense he played overall. I know that there's some moments and clips you can pull out of him being really bad against Giannis. But overall, this is a really big Milwaukee team. And Roby held his own defensively. He really, truly did. Of course, he picks up four fouls. That's the nature of his body and the nature of his build against a team like this in Milwaukee. But but he was able to adjust. And, and you're seeing him not just stand straight vertically and, and pray. I mean, that that was kind of the game plan for him in the first month of the season. It was just, I'm going to do everything technically right, right? Everything from the fundamentals of, I'm going to stay in front, I'm going to raise my hands, I'm going to just be in the good position I need to be in, and hope to God it misses. But these athletes are bigger, stronger, faster, taller than him, and they're going to score over him. They're going to score through him. In this game, you saw him swipe for the ball more, you saw him try to get more aggressive, and and that's what you need from Roby. and, And with that territory comes fouls, But that's going to happen, and that's perfectly fine. He gave you a solid 17 minutes tonight. And then the last performer we can talk about is Kenny Hustle. Kenny Hustle does what Kenny Hustle does. As this has become routine for him, the one key area for him I want to point out is his mid-range. I thought that he was really good and hit some really tough shots in the mid-range area. SGA celebrating on the bench was fun to watch. SGA being that leader still while being out was fun. Now we can move on to the MVP of the game. Right now. You're the real MVP. So right now we can talk about Darius Baisley yet again. He's the MVP. We got the best Baisley game we've had all season long. If you're a returning listener, you know that that typically means we're gonna get an even better game the next time. As that that's what's happened with Diallo for like a month straight. I always said with Diallo earlier this year that you know that was the best we're gonna see from Diallo. That was the very best. And the next night. That, no, that was the very best. We're never going to see anything better than that. And the next night, okay, he's even better the next night. So with Basley, I'm not putting the ceiling on him. I think that he can do even more than this, but that was the best we've seen to date of Darius Baisley. The bet of the day outcome, I lost big time. I had Milwaukee uh, minus 11 and a half. I thought that they were going to get back on track tonight. The Thunder showed up, they showed out, and they won this game. The money ball pick, I had Al Horford. And in this game, who led the Thunder in three-pointers made? It was Justin Jackson. Who went four for four? That was still just an amazing performance for the Thunder. Now, upcoming for the Thunder, they play Tuesday against Portland, and then they go back on the road for Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. Grizzlies, Bucks, Cavs. The mock headline of the day: I'm sorry, Miss Jackson, Justin is for real. Thunder beat Bucks. Anyone? Anyone? Well, stay safe out there, folks, and really take your time. If you have to go to work today, make sure you give yourself plenty of time. Do not speed or anything of that nature. And if you're listening to this outside of Oklahoma or outside of Texas or any of these places that doesn't get snow very often, we truly lose all ability to think and live whenever there's even a dusting of snow, much less what we're having right now. So this is a pretty big deal for us. Pretty big deal. I mean, my classes were canceled on Friday because there was even a chance of snow on Monday. I'm living the high life right now. No classes, but seriously, be safe, everyone, please. And also, subscribe to Lockdown Thunder, wherever you get your podcast from. We'll see you tomorrow. Be good and be good to one another. What a perfect ending to a historic day. Hey, prime members.